1: Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about strategies and tips for building happier habits into our daily lives. This week, we'll talk about why you might consider taking a regular nap, and we'll discuss the know-yourself-better question of, are you a song lover or a music lover? I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Once again, yes, it's true. I am in my home office right here in New York City. And joining me today, back in L.A., is my sister, Elizabeth Craft. That's me, Elizabeth Craft,
0: a TV writer and producer living in L.A., back home in Encino, Gretchen, back from <laughs> Fantasy Island. <laughs> Happy to be here.
1: Yes. And speaking of Fantasy Island, we're very excited. We are going to do a bonus episode yes. on the inauspicious Friday the 13th, but we're going to make it auspicious because it's it's going to be the Fantasy Island bonus episode. So send us questions. Elizabeth, you have had so many adventures and had so much experience crammed into not very many weeks. Yes, I'm full of questions, and I think listeners will be full of questions.
0: Yes, and I should mention, Gretchen, that Fantasy Island is premiering on Fox on August 10th. It's 9 p.m. Eastern. So, whatever time that yes. is for you. So, you can l- watch the premiere, and then this will come out two days or a few days later. The premiere will be on yes. Tuesday,
1: and this will come out on Friday. Yeah, we thought listeners would find it more interesting to hear you talk about it if they'd already seen an episode yes. themselves. So, we so. wanted to um, wait until after the first episode. Very excited about that. So, send us your questions. Yes. Can't wait for the deep dive into Fantasy Island. Also, speaking of listener questions, we're getting ready to do a very special episode. You know, every 10th episode is a very special episode. And this is going to be a roundup of listener questions, not related to Fantasy Island, yes. anything big, small, whatever you want. Yes. Love answering listener questions. So email us at podcastergretchenrubin.com or you can connect with us on social media. Absolutely. I cannot wait to see people's questions about Fantasy Island and about not Fantasy Island. Now, before we jump in with the uh, Try This at Home, we got an interesting update. In episode 333, I gave a hack about giving a customized puzzle because, Elizabeth, you're the one who pointed out to me that Everything seems so much more thoughtful if it's customized. Yes, And our listener, Alice, wrote to say that the New York Times allows you to order a puzzle of the front page of any date. So you could pick a meaningful date, like an anniversary or birthday, and order a puzzle of that day of the front page of the New York Times. However, they had a very Mm -hmm. helpful note on the site, and I'll post a link to this in the show notes, that if you're trying to point to a historic event, it will not be reported in the newspaper <laughs> on the day that it happens. It'll be the It'll day be the after. next day. Yeah. <laughs> Which I have to say is very obvious. And yet I know that I am the one that would have ordered like the day of instead of the day after. So I thought that was Me a really too. helpful reminder. Yeah.
0: Yes. I love all these
1: ideas for personalized gifts, Gretchen. Yeah. So this week our tried This at Home tip is to take a daily nap. Now. This is a suggestion that I am throwing out there because I really want to push myself to do it. I do not take naps now. You do not take naps now, uh, Alyssa, for the most part. But there is a tremendous amount of research to show that naps improve our brain's day-to-day performance. They reduce feelings of sleepiness. Well, that's no surprise, but it increases alertness. It also improves performance in areas such as reaction time, coordination, logical reasoning, memory consolidation, mood and emotional regulation, So that means that it's easier to learn and remember and we're less sensitive to negative emotions like fear and anger. Well, it's
0: so interesting, Gretchen, because our dad is a supreme napper. Yes. He takes cat naps all the time yes. and he is so cheery. He is one of the most yes. cheerful people I've ever met, if not the most cheerful person. Yes. And so this goes with everything you're saying.
1: Yeah. Now, it's interesting because as I was thinking about it, I realized, well, you know, of course most many people don't have the flexibility in their schedule to take a nap. It's just not realistic for them to think that they could take a nap. And so over the years, I've kind of dismissed this as something that, well, sure, there may be this research like, oh, a 26-minute nap improved NASA pilot performances by 34% Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I'm like, well, but it's not realistic for most people. But then I realized, Elizabeth, it might not be realistic for most people, but I could do it. For me, many days, not every day, but many days, it probably is pretty realistic to think that I could take a nap. You know, so maybe I should try it. Well, and Gretchen, more and more people are
0: working at home. Yes. So it's much easier to take a nap when you're working at home. Now, I will say that I like to take a good two or three hour nap, which Uh, is not what you're talking about. You're talking about like the 20 minute power nap. But my favorite thing to do like on a Sunday afternoon is take a really long nap.
1: That's what Jamie likes to do too. Now, in terms of like, what is the power nap? A friend of mine, Dan Pink, wrote a very interesting book called when, The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. And this book is all about when is the best time to do something. And he describes how to take the perfect power nap. Okay, so these are the components, and there's something surprising here. First, you find your afternoon kind of low point, that when you have a natural dip in energy and mood. And I would say for me, that's like 3, 3.30. Then you want to create a peaceful environment where you're not being interrupted, where it's like, you know, dim and quiet. Here's the surprising thing. He says... Drink a cup of coffee. He calls this the nappuccino Mm -hmm. because caffeine doesn't hit your bloodstream for about 25 minutes. And 25 minutes is, for most people, like the optimum amount of time to sleep because if you go more than a half an hour, you get sleep inertia. And that's the kind of grogginess that can set in when you get up from a nap feeling even more sleepy and sort of disoriented than when you stretched out. So he says set a timer for 25 minutes have the cup of coffee, and then the cup of coffee will hit your bloodstream and help you wake up. And he also says if you sleep, this is very obvious, if you sleep for like less than five minutes, it doesn't really do you much good. So the target (laughs) is between 10 to 20 minutes for the boost in alertness and mental function. And then you want to repeat it consistently, and you want to avoid napping later in the day, because it can make it harder to fall asleep at night if your nap is too close to your bedtime, Elizabeth, I remember didn't you for a while t- you said you were like falling asleep on the sofa while you were watching TV after dinner, and you described that as a nap. And it's yes. like, I don't think that's a nap. I think that's falling asleep early. On the, ca- yes, on the sofa. Yes.
0: <laughs> I went through a long period of taking what I call a three hour nap from like 6 to 9 p.m. on the sofa. And then I would yeah. be up till 2 a.m. Yeah. It's a whole cycle. Yes. I, yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I've avoided that recently. I remember being pregnant, Gretchen. I would take naps on my sofa oh, yeah. in my office all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that concerns me, um, and we'll see, how, and if, if I would love to hear from listeners who have experimented with taking naps, is that I'm concerned that if I take naps consistently, it will really bother me when I can't. Yes. You know, because you your body gets trained in a certain way. So one, way, one reason I've been sort of hesitant to try this, even though there's all this research showing that it's a good idea, is that I thought, well, now am I going to be really disoriented if I can't take my nap? Because... While it might be realistic sometimes, other times it's wildly unrealistic. And so that is one thing that does concern me about this this idea.
0: Yes, I'm very
1: interested to hear from
0: people who do nap if that happens to them.
1: And, you know, back to your point about because of the changing nature of work that we're yeah. all going through right now, it will be interesting if more people who maybe would have liked to have taken a nap or are just kind of like, you know, biohackers, We'll try it because I think people will be working at home much more.
0: Yeah, Gretchen. I was talking to my endocrinologist, my diabetes doctor, the other day, and he was saying from now on, post pandemic, he's only going to come into the office two days a week to do like physical exams, ah. and then the rest of the time he's going to FaceTime with people because um, a lot of what we do is looking at numbers, and you know doesn't need physical contact. Right. I mean, he has a home office. He could absolutely, at three o'clock, <laughs> take a nap every
1: day. He could arrange his schedule that way.
0: Right. I'll mention it to him next, next yeah. I talk to yeah, see him. What he,
1: see what he says. Well, it's funny, though. I mean, I do have this impulse, even though I've seen all this research and I've made this kind of decision to try it, that somehow if you're working at home, it's slothful, that you right. shouldn't be lying down and getting into bed. But I think, you know, set the timer and make sure that it it sort of stays I I want to stick with the plan because it does feel like something... Like, I remember a friend of mine who lived in a studio apartment and he worked at home. And so he made a rule that he could never get into bed during the workday and he could never go into the kitchen unless it was, like, time for a meal because he was afraid that working at home, he would just spend all his time, like, snoozing Mm. around and snacking. But this is different. This is intentional.
0: This is intentional and it's limited, You could also sleep on the couch as opposed to your bed if that
1: helped. Yeah, felt more transitional.
0: Now, Gretchen, you always say we should set aims that are concrete and manageable. I want to know, what are you committing to with this nap, try this at home? What are you going to do?
1: Okay, my commitment is that I want to, every workday when I can, so I'm not going to like skip an important meeting because I have to take a nap, but When I can, I want to try just even lying down for 25 minutes and seeing if I can doze every workday. Or actually, maybe every day, because it'll be—because with anything with sleep, the more consistent you are, the better. So if I can, in the middle of the afternoon, say 3.30, I would like to see if I can doze for 25 minutes, and uh, and then I will report back on my mood, my alertness, my memory— my symbolic reasoning, <laughs> which apparently gets a boost. Gretchen, uh, my friend
0: Mike, uh, my dear friend, he took a nap at work every day at his desk. He would just How? prop his, he would prop <laughs> his face on his hand, um, overlooking some papers, and he would snooze for a good, um, at least twenty minutes. <laughs> well, and he was go. also a very cheery person. So there you go. Oh.
1: There you go. Well, I mean, it may be that that people have come up with ways to, like, get their naps in that we don't even know about. Yep. So, okay, let us know if you do try this at home, if you're going to try this nap experiment along with me, or if you already do nap— let us know. Do you have any tips, any strategies for getting the getting the benefit of it and not having any, any possible negatives? Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at gretchenrubin.com. Or as always, you can go to happiercast.com slash 337 for anything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a
0: happiness hack to deal with all those mismatched containers. But first,
1: this break.
0: Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: And now for a happiness hack. This is suggested by a listener. And I have to say, this is one of these suggestions where the minute I read it, I thought, this is so (laughs) obvious. Is it even rise to the level of a hack? On the other hand, I had never thought to do it or try it, and so that makes it the best kind of hack, where it's very obvious and easy to use, so obvious that it feels like you shouldn't have to mention it, even though you do.
0: Yes. This comes from Lisa. She says... One drawer in our kitchen is dedicated to plastic containers. Some of the lids slash tops and the bottoms slash bases are obvious matches. Yet there are a few containers from various establishments with lids that appear to be the same but don't fit certain bottoms. After scrambling around in the drawer the other day and getting frustrated after trying lid after lid after lid, I identified the problem. Happily, in a flash, I came up with a solution. I took out all the containers and found each of their individual lids. Then I took a sharpie and drew the same matching shape triangle, star, heart, empty circle, solid circle, three stars, etc. on the lid and on the bottom outside of the container. What an easy fix! Now, finding the lid in the drawer of plastic containers only takes a moment. Furthermore, I have the happy satisfaction of a homemade solution for takeout containers.
1: Now, see, what I love about this is she's reusing something that many people might have just thrown away, like the Mm -hmm. plastic containers that food came from. It's simple, and it just saves that time, that just frustrate. I don't like looking for things. Yes. I realize, like, I think I'm very sensitive to that. And just the satisfaction of being like, ooh, three stars matches three stars. Yes. No, it's so
0: satisfying. And then whenever she uses it, she'll be, like, giving herself a gold star for having done the system. So it'll be like a little jolt of happiness
1: every time she gets her container out. Yes, yes, you're giving yourself that gold star. Also, I think if you have kids, this is something that, like, some kids would really enjoy mm, doing. Yeah. Like, if you said, like, oh, why don't you you design the system? And then you have the fun of seeing, like, what your kid did, you know, like, five years ago or something. Um, it's very cute. So I think that's a great solution. It's repurposing and making life easier and saving time. Brilliant. So Thank you, Lisa. And now for a know-yourself-better question. This question has to do with how you enjoy music. Are you a song lover or a music lover? So explain what this means, Scratch. Yeah. So... I realized, I was thinking about how I like to listen to music, and I realized that I think that I like to listen to music in a way that's different from the way that other people like to listen to music. And in fact, Chuck was one of the people who pointed out to me, he's like, you say that you're not that into music, but you really do seem to respond to music. And I thought, well, I do sometimes respond like, in my little happiers, I often will talk about a song, mm. and I realize that I think most people, or at least this is my impression, most people like to listen to a genre of music or a particular artist, or they listen to kind of a medley, like they listen to the radio, or they listen to an algorithm-generated playlist, and they collect music and they're always on the hunt for new music. And that is not how I love music. <laughs> I love specific songs like. If I love a song, however I got to know it and love it, I would I do seek it out and I will listen mm. to it over and over and over and over, but it's not like then I want to listen to other music. Like, I love the song Feeling Good by Nina Simone, mm. but it doesn't make me think like, oh, now I need to go listen to a whole album of Nina Simone. Right. And I think most people are kind of musician or, or music-driven, but I'm song-driven. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was trying to understand how I listen differently from other people.
0: I have a question for you, Gretchen.
1: Oh, what?
0: Are you a lyric person or a melody person?
1: Melody. I, I don't really pay that much attention to lyrics, I don't think. How about you? I'm both. Are you both? Yes.
0: Of course he's You're a music
1: person. (laughs) How about you, Elizabeth?
0: Well, I think I'm more like you, Gretchen. I'm very song-oriented. Like, I'll listen to the same Bruce Springsteen song over and over. And there are some albums that I'll listen to, like the whole album. But in general, Mm -hmm. I'm more into songs. I always wish I was someone who would then go out, you know, and seek out every... too. Me too. Me too. Every album someone did. Um, but one thing yes. I notice is with audio, nine times out of ten, I'd rather listen to a podcast over music or talk radio over music.
1: Like I'm voices, ah. I like hearing people talk. Interesting. And you also really like audiobooks. Yes, I do.
0: I love just hearing people talk, that's very comforting to me. Uh huh.
1: So if you were like, are you a song lover or a music lover or a talk lover? You're a talk lover.
0: Yes, yes. If I had to pick between like music quotes or song quote, I would say song. But really, I'm a talk lover. Like if someone says you should listen to such and such podcast, I'll write it down. I'll go listen to it. But if someone said, oh, you should listen to this musician, like I never do. Like Eliza, your daughter will have all these musicians she's listening to. And like yeah. I never go listen. But if Eliza said, yeah. "Oh, listen to the the such this podcast," I would.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think a lot of people they really are always interested in exploring or expanding their musical universe, like, they are very interested in the latest album or going deeper. And we don't, we're not really on the hunt for that.
0: No, no. I wish I, I mean, again, my fantasy self is. But then you also realize there's only so much you can do, you know, in terms of time of the day. And, one thing is when I listen to a podcast or an audiobook, I somehow feel like um it feeds into my career. Ah. Because it's we do podcasts and I tell stories. Yes. So it yes. just feels like I don't know. I anything I do that I feel like is tangentially
1: related to my career, I I, I find useful. Right. Well, I will say this about this Know Yourself Better question is that I did, I when I thought that the right way to enjoy music was to be a music lover, I did have the idea of the fantasy self, and I did feel like, oh, I should spend so much more time, and I should get so much more educated, and I should learn to play the ukulele. <laughs> and so I felt like I either needed to do that or I, like, didn't like music. And then once... I realized I do like music, but in this other way, Mm -hmm. then I was much more able to enjoy it and revel in it. And now when I hear a song that I like, I'm really careful to like buy it and add it to my playlist because I'm like, I don't have that many songs that I love. Like I should make sure to like gather them and really enjoy them. Yes. Instead of dismissing it, which is what I did before because I was like, well, sure, I love the song Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but like, that doesn't count because I don't I don't know every album by them yes, or whatever. Yes. But I'm like, no, this is the way I like to. Yes. And so by knowing myself better, I've really increased my ability to enjoy music because I'm not fighting against my nature. Yes, it's
0: funny. It's also just that thing when we label ourselves like, I don't like music. Then yes. you think of yourself that way. But you can reframe what kind of person you are and you, you can be a person who enjoys music.
1: Well, and let me give a drive-by gold star to Chuck, because it was Chuck who said, I think you do like music. You say you're not that into music, but I think you are into music. And he was able to kind of, like, sometimes somebody can help us see ourselves in a different light. Yes. Or show us something about ourselves that we hadn't realized. And and I was thinking about it, and I'm like, well, Chuck really knows a lot about music, so he, if he says so, <laughs> it's, it's not totally arbitrary. So thank you, Chuck, for helping yes. me to know myself better and to tap into a love of music that I kind of had ignored. Welcome. And now for a listener question. We talk every week about demerits and gold stars, and this question has to do with demerits and gold stars.
0: Yes, this comes from Sammy. Sammy says... I work as an RN on a post-surgical floor at a busy metro hospital in Minnesota and am the chair of the unit council that meets monthly to work on improving processes and ensuring quality. A very upholdery job. (laughs) While listening to you and Elizabeth discuss demerits and gold stars one day, it dawned on me that it could potentially be adopted by our unit council. We send out a lot of information that can tend to be overwhelming and much of it is improvement-focused. Do this better, change this process, follow this policy. That can be a bit much to get through. We wanna use demerits and gold stars as a way to quickly capture our audience and pass along information, demerits being the focus area of the month For improvement and gold stars being a bit of positive reinforcement, I was wondering if you have any suggestions on using the demerits and gold stars framework for a large group of people.
1: What an interesting question. I think this is a great idea because I think Sammy's exactly right that this could be a way to very quickly communicate information in a way that people would instantly get it and you could talk about it in a succinct way. Yes, One thing is, I think, you know, demerits might feel pointed. So you would want to make sure that you framed it in a way so that somebody didn't feel like they were passively, aggressively being called out. But if it were done right, it might be a more lighthearted or it might be easier to raise issues in a way that would seem maybe easier to take, I think.
0: Yeah. And Gretchen, we interviewed Kim Scott, an old friend of yours, about how to talk to people about ways to improve.
1: Yeah, in episode 317, we interviewed her and her partner, Trier Bryan, um, and Kim has written two excellent books, Just Work and Radical Candor. And in Radical Candor, she makes a very interesting point that the point of praise isn't to make people feel good or to stroke their egos. She writes... Praise helps people see what to do more of, and criticism helps them see what to do less of. But praise is more powerful because it shows people what success looks like, while criticism just shows what it doesn't look like. And so Gold Stars is like, this is, this is, this is what we're calling out as, like, really working, Gold Star. And Demerit is like, mm, this is where we want to do better.
0: Yes. So yeah, I do think framing something as a demerit does take the edge off. Yeah, you know, yeah. for some it just does. Little whimsy goes a long way. <laughs> I also think in instituting this, their her counsel could could benefit from first giving themselves a demerit for something, and mm. then giving Ooh. other demerits
1: because once Wise. you've
0: taken it on, then you're it, it again takes the sting out of it.
1: Yes. Yes, that's a really good idea. So thank you, Sammy. Yes. Gretch,
0: speaking of demerits and gold stars, coming up are our demerit and gold star for the week.
1: But first, this break. Yes, I love
0: all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER.
1: Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog Barnaby loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50%
0: off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com happier. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit.
1: This is a demerit that really I've been earning for years, maybe decades, but I've only recently become aware of it. And this is is the demerit of realizing that people would reappear. Mm. So I think when I moved to New York City, it just seemed so huge, right? And I would meet people and I would think, what are the chances I'm gonna run into this person again? You know? And right. so I wouldn't really make an effort to put them into my long-term memory bank. Cause I'm like, you're just a face passing by and like, we'll have a really lovely conversation. And maybe I'll remember something you said, but I'm not gonna really, I'm not gonna assume that I'm ever gonna see you again. Okay, fast forward. It turns out you run into a lot of people again, you know, yes. and I and I but it took me a while to realize, like, wait, I really need to make an effort if I'm in certain kinds of situations to think, well, I very well could meet this person again. And again, it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention to them. I was paying attention to them, but I wasn't paying attention to them in the way that I was going to remember their first name and their last name or where they worked and who their who our mutual friend was and where we saw each other. And and, and over time, I've been like, you know, actually People do reappear, and yes. I and I really do need to make an effort. And and I got to say, Jamie is extraordinary at this. He remembers every person, every face, every fact about every person. It's like such a superpower of his. I really now want to make an effort to emulate it. And maybe my naps will help. Maybe I'll yes. be consolidating memories so 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 well, yes. so effectively that I will, without effort, remember everyone's face and life story. So my yes. demerit was just kind of taking so long to realize. Wait, <laughs> you know what? People reappear. And Gretchen, you are the one who's always talking about
0: how these connections are the key to happiness. So the more connections you have, the happier you will be. So it is worth putting people in the long-term memory bank and building those connections. Elizabeth, gold star, take us up. Okay, my gold star is (laughs) to myself. Good. And it's for mostly sticking to the hashtag read 21 and 21 um, that Ah. we are doing this year. Despite yes. the fact that I was working so much. Yes. So, Gretchen, we made a commitment to read 21 minutes a day, every day in yes. 2021. Um, I have to admit, I haven't done it every day, but having made that commitment has really helped me ah. to read much more than I would have. Yeah. I mean, I have read many, many books. I have listened to many books. I think if I had not had in my mind that I should be reading 21 minutes every day, I probably would have read, like, maybe one book. And do you think it made you happier to be reading? Of course. It made me happier. And not only that, but it's a brain break that I need. I mean, I don't even know. It's like when I read, then I'm refreshed, right? I can come back. So um, it's been incredibly helpful. I haven't done it every single day, but now that my work is lightening up, I'm back in.
1: Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, and that is exactly what the hashtag read blank and blank is meant to do. It's like keep it on mind so that you really, you really are thinking every day, can I do it? Can I do it? So huge gold star because you were working just. Extraordinarily hard. I mean, even for a TV show, it was yes, it was beyond. Just a, it was
0: just a schedule unlike any we've ever had before.
1: Right, right. And
0: reading did help me.
1: Gold star to you and everybody else who's doing hashtag Read Twenty One and Twenty One. If you want a gold star, just like Alyssa's got a gold star, we will give you a gold star. Let us know, and we will give you a gold star because you deserve it. I mean, what's more fun than reading? Nothing. But it's still nice to get a gold star. So well done, Elizabeth. Thank you. This week the resources in episode 324, we celebrated the wisdom of teachers with some of the proverbs of the professions from teachers. And because many people wanted a collection of those, I have created a free PDF with all the great insights collected, which you can find at GretchenRubin.com/slash resources under podcast resources. Plus, every week on my website, GretchenRubin.com, I publish articles and author interviews and photos and all sorts of stuff. And so if you would like to be notified when I've written something new, you can sign up for email updates if you go to GretchenRubin.com newsletter and select New Blog Posts. And what we're reading. Yes, hashtag Read 21 and 21. Keep it up. Elizabeth. what are you reading? Okay,
0: I just last night finished Terry McMillan's. It's not all downhill from here. So
1: I will be starting a new book today. Ooh, exciting. And I'm reading Milk, Blood, Heat by Dantiel Moniz. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember, try this at home. Take a nap if your schedule permits. It's not something everyone can do, but it's something that some can do. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. And also, remember, we want your questions. Your questions related to Fantasy Island for the bonus episode. And remember, you can watch the first episode of Fantasy Island on August 10th. And send in any questions that you have for our very special episode, episode 340, because we'll be answering listener questions. Thank you to
0: our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be
1: sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft, And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Elizabeth, a while back you you had a picture of a big stack of books that you were going to be reading. Are you still reading off that stack or are you on a different stack?
0: I am still in that stack but I've added to the stack. So the Terry <laughs> McMillan book was in that stack, but I've added um I've added a few books to it that I that felt very summery. So so um, the stack isn't getting shorter but no. it's
1: it's it's still good. Still enticing. Yes.